Had, had, who's had a good week? Anyone had a good week? Yeah, the front row again. It's so cool, man. <laughs> it's so good. Hey, we're going to very shortly, we're going to be uh, live streaming up into Kaitaia. And so once I give them a welcome, do give a good cheer to them. Uh, the last time we tried to do it didn't quite work, so, but they've got it, apparently they've got it all set up up there this time. And so we're going to be heading up to Kaitaia very, very shortly. Hey, welcome everybody to Church Unlimited today, and a special welcome to our very good friends up in Church Unlimited, Kaitaia. Really trust that you've enjoyed the service so far. Hi to Paul and Sally Ann, Raniera, Alan and Sue. John and Lorraine, a few of the people that I know. Frank, I think maybe was song leading this morning. So, hey, great to have you with us this morning. We trust that you're going to enjoy the service. And hey, don't forget to give us a few amens and cheers. Even though I can, can't hear you and see you physically, but I can pick it up in my spirit what's going on up there. So please give us some response as we go. Let's just pray, shall we? Father, we thank you for your presence here this morning. We thank you for your presence up in Kaitaia. And Lord, we pray that your message will just speak powerfully to every person. There'll be an impartation of the Holy Spirit. There'll be a great impact, Lord, by you, and your word would be with power. Your word would be life-giving and life-changing. Bless your word, we pray this morning in Jesus' name. Everyone said? Amen. The Bible makes it very clear that there are actually two kingdoms that exist. There's the kingdom of darkness, and then there's the kingdom of God. The kingdom of darkness, of course, is ruled by Satan. 1 John 5, 19. The whole world lies under the sway of the wicked one. You wonder why the world's a mess? You just got the answer. It's under the sway of Satan. Uh, in contrast, the kingdom of God, in Colossians 1, verse 13, says, He has delivered us, it's you and I, from the power of darkness and conveyed us into the kingdom of the Son of His love. So when we give our lives to Jesus, our sins are forgiven, we are saved. At that moment, we are delivered, transferred from the kingdom of darkness and Satan into the kingdom of God and the kingdom of Jesus. Who thinks that's good news this morning? I think that is awesome. That is amazing. It's a phenomenal, unbelievable moment in a person's life when they are saved, they may not feel, you may not feel the transfer take place, but it is real and it is very, very powerful. The word conveyed from one kingdom to another has very special meaning. In the ancient world, when one kingdom won a victory over another, the population of the defeated kingdom was transferred to the kingdom of the victor. And so Jesus has defeated Satan, and though we were uh, populating his kingdom previously, we are now transferred from the defeated kingdom into the kingdom of the victor, the kingdom of God, the kingdom of Jesus Christ. We're literally transferred from one kingdom to another. So you were living in one kingdom, darkness, you're now in another, the kingdom of light. The ramifications are astronomical that you are going to see this morning. When we're delivered from the power of Satan, 
to the power of God. It says, Acts 26.18, to open their eyes in order to turn them from darkness to light, from the power of Satan to God. You have been transferred from the power of Satan to the power of God. How amazing is that? That's enough to thank and praise God for every day, forever and ever and ever. If you're ever feeling miserable, downcast and despairing and wanting to murmur and complain and grizzle, just remember you've been transferred from Satan's power, control and grip to the kingdom of God and the rule of Jesus in your life and mine. What's more, God makes a difference between the people in these two areas those who are under Satan and those who are under God. So let's go to Exodus chapter 8 and verse 22 to 23. This is really, really, you don't want to miss this. So grab your Bible and turn with me. This is when the plagues are coming upon Egypt. Remember, God's people, Israel, are there as well. Now watch what happens in verse 22 and 23. God says, I will make a difference. Everyone say difference. difference. Between my people, this is to the devil or to Pharaoh, and your people. Tomorrow the sign shall be. And the Lord did this. Thick swarms of flies came into the house of Pharaoh, into his servants' houses, into all the land of Egypt. The land was corrupted because of the swarms of flies. And then we go to Egypt, uh, sorry, uh, Exodus 11 and verse 7. You pick it up again there. It says, But against none of the children of Israel shall a dog move its tongue against man or beast, you shall know that the Lord does make a difference between the Egyptians and Israel. What this simply means is as members of the kingdom of God, we can expect God to watch over us and take greater care of us than if we were not saved and we were not in the kingdom of God. Now that's not to say nothing will go wrong, all right? You're on planet Earth. Things will occasionally go wrong. But for sure, we can enjoy far greater care and protection. As the world goes into meltdown, as you see tragedies on every side, we can trust God that we're not subject to the same afflictions, that we can believe for and expect a far greater care of God, a far greater protection in our lives. Because while the world lives in fear and dread of what's ahead, we can live in great peace. Why? Because God is with us. We are not in the kingdom of darkness. We are in the kingdom of God. And my Bible says, God says, I will make a difference between you who are saved and you who are not. There's a difference, and that changes everything in our lives. Kaitai, I trust you're enjoying hearing that you are no longer in the kingdom of darkness, but now in the kingdom of light and the kingdom of God. But hey, if we want to experience, it's good to hear about all the great blessings being the kingdom of God, but if you want to experience it, there's four things you need to make sure of. You ready? First one is this, live according to the word of God. We need to live according to the principles of God's Word, and they're found in the Bible, so we've got to be students of this book. We've got to be reading this book, find out how we're meant to be living. Otherwise, we may claim all the benefits of being in God's kingdom, but not live according to the book, and then wonder why it doesn't work. Let's go to Luke chapter 6, which makes it very, very clear how we are meant to live. Luke 6, 46 to 49. Now, this is really powerful. Why do you call me Lord, Lord, mm, 
And do not do the things which I say. Whoever comes to me and hears my sayings and does them, I'll show you whom he is like. He's like a man building a house who dug deep and laid the foundation on the rock. When the flood arose, the steam stream beat vehemently. In other words, disasters, tragedies, earthquakes, all the rest, against the house and could not, and could not shake it, for it was founded on the rock. It's a person who hears God's word and does it. But he who heard it and did not, and did nothing, is like the man who built his house on the earth without a foundation, when the stream beat with vehemently, and immediately it fell, and the ruin of that house was great. If you hear and obey God's word, greater protection. If you don't, there's no guarantee. Now, God is very merciful and kind, and even though we disobey him, he'll still bless us at times. But I want to suggest to you, don't fool with the grace of God. Don't fool with the goodness of God. Secondly, Matthew 6.33, we need to seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all these things will be added unto you. So when you put God first in every area of your life, the promise is God will take care of us. He'll provide all our needs. Now, there's a huge temptation we all face to pursue our own desires, you know, to put our own wants first ahead of what God wants. But that is a sad mistake. Sometimes we think, look, if I follow the way I think I should live and the things I should do, that's the way I'm going to really enjoy life. No, friends, it doesn't work that way. God knows better than we know. The reality is putting God's, God first is the pathway to the greatest blessing in life. So here's a choice. Some of you may face, we all face, my plans or his plans. I wonder how many of you have made plans moving forward. I'm going to do this, I'll go here and I'll do that and I'll buy this and I'll buy the other thing. Great, have plans. But what I want to suggest to you, submit all your plans to God. If they line up with God's plans, fine. If they don't, ditch it. Because what some people do is they make all these plans and they go ahead and do something. They say, now God, bless it. God, why are you blessing this venture I'm in? He's going to say, excuse me. <laughs> Whoever said I was in that venture? You never submitted it to me. That's, you didn't do this from a word from me. This is just your idea and plan. Now you want me to bless your plan? Who's driving the bus? <laughs> And that God wants to drive the bus. So if he gives you, if your plans line up with his and he gives you the go ahead, hey, then you can pray and fast and ask his blessing and insist on it. But if you haven't done that, it's folly to say, God, you've got to bless my plans. Is anybody hearing me this morning? Yes. Yes. Colossians 3 verse 2, this is number 3. Set your affections on things above, not on things of the earth. So you want God to look after you, care for you, provide for you. That's the clear word of God. Guard the affections of your heart. How do you do that? How do you guard the affections? You know, you want this and you see this and you oh, I like that. And wow, I love this. And the affections go all over the place. We have, we're emotional people. How do you guard the affections of your heart? The only way I know is this. Love God with all your heart. So if you've got to, you've got, you can't just say, I'm not going to have affections for this, this, and this. Your affections have to go somewhere. They've got to go to God. That will deal with the other affections in your life. And the other thing you need to do is walk with God. Psalm 91, let's go there. 91 verse 1. Lovely verse here. We all love to claim this verse. He who dwells in the secret place of the Most High. There's the key. Dwell in the secret place of the Most High. Stay close to God. Abide with Him. 
shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. And then it goes on, says how the Lord will look after us. He'll deliver us from the snare of the fowl and his angels will watch over us. What fantastic promises in Psalm 91. He'll satisfy us with long life. But it all begins with the promises to who? He who dwells in the secret place of the Most High. And so we've got to stay close to God. Then we'll come under the shadow of the Almighty. Almighty is the Hebrew word El Shaddai, which means the all-sufficient one. So the God who is more than enough, as we abide in His presence, as we walk with God, we come under the covering of El Shaddai, who is the all-sufficient one, who will look after us and watch over our every need and our every situation we find ourselves in. So let's contrast living in these two kingdoms based on those four ingredients. So we've, we've checked our list. Yep, God, I read your word, I obey it. <laughs> I've set my affections on things above. I'm seeking first your kingdom, and yeah, I'm, I'm walking with you, God. Okay, now talk. God, give me the promises. What are they? Okay, here we go. First one, peace, not fear. So belonging to the kingdom of God, we can enjoy greater peace and less fear. A key characteristic of the kingdom of God is peace. Why? Because the Prince of Peace, Jesus, lives in us. Kingdom of darkness is ruled by fear. You know, they say prisons, incredible fear, and, and gangs, and mafia, and militant groups, and a lot of other religions. There's great fear of God punishing them. And so this kingdom of darkness is just fear abounds. In contrast, we live in the kingdom of of peace. 2 Timothy 1.7, God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and of a sound mind. So we need to think like citizens of the kingdom of God. How do we do that? Romans 8 verse 6, to be carnally minded, in other words, think of the world lives, is death. No peace, no fear, no joy. But to be spiritually minded is life and peace. Think about this for a while. When you're spiritually minded, what are you facing today? What's your circumstance? What's your challenge? What's your trial? My Bible says if you're spiritually minded about it, you're thinking as God wants you to think in that situation, you'll have life and peace. If you're carnally minded, think as the world thinks, you know, so there's no faith, there's no trust, there's oh dear and woe is me and all the rest of it. Friends, there's not going to be life and peace. You might say, that's a pretty radical verse. I know that verse is true and I know it works because God allowed me to experience it for a, maybe, maybe a few weeks. Just a time where I just lived in life and peace. Nothing could touch me because I was able to think as God wanted me to think in everything I confronted. It was incredible. I couldn't maintain it forever, unfortunately. But I will say this much, I'm less fearful today than when I was first saved. How many would say that about your own life? Yeah, yeah. yeah. because we're now in the kingdom of his peace. We're not in that that kingdom or that place of fear. Now, Romans 14, 17, the kingdom of God is not eating and drinking, but righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. Watch this. The kingdom of God's what? Righteousness, peace, and joy. What comes first? Righteousness. Now, we're right with God through the blood, but also as we live righteous, we enjoy peace and joy. They come our way. If I ever lose my peace, I always go back to myself. I don't look at anything else. I go back to myself and I think, where am I not living righteous? Because righteousness will follow with peace and joy. Maybe it's in my thinking that's gone astray. Friends, I just want to say to you, (laughs) this book works. 
What it says is true. You can actually experience what it says in this book. Sometimes we've just got to check maybe where we're slipping up or not quite getting it right and why it may not be happening for us. The second area, contrasting two kingdoms, living in two kingdoms, is eternal life, not eternal death. See, death is called the last enemy. People in the world live in fear of death. Hopefully, people are going to live a long life. That's their hope. That's what they long for. And then, for those in the world, after that, there's no hope. Death is the final fatal blow. Now, that sounds bad enough, but for those in the kingdom of darkness, the reality is infinitely worse. Because once they die, it's actually not the end. Suddenly they cross the other side and realize they've ended up in the wrong place and there's a start of eternal suffering and torment that is indescribable and beyond description. Imagine the shock of waking up suddenly, you've crossed the other side and you end up in the fires of burning hell and you think there's no escape and immediately you know you're never gonna get out of there. We hear of people dying all the time. Dying's not the issue, friends. The issue's where after the dying. As tragic as a dying might be, as disastrous and as painful as it might be, it's nothing compared to ending up on the wrong side. That's why Jesus went to the cross, friends. It wasn't just for something nice to do that we might just be saved and we might know him. No, no, he wanted to save us from an eternal suffering in the fires of hell forever. Jude 1.13, for whom is reserved the blackness of darkness forever. That's why we want to invite people to church. We want to tell people about Jesus because the stakes are so, so high. When I was um, studying at university, I wasn't a Christian. My biggest struggle during those later years was something within me or everything within me says Life doesn't quite make sense. I can't believe that you're born, you go to school, maybe get an education, get married, a job, kids, and die. And it's finished. I thought, I mean, even as a non-Christian and not an intelligent person, I thought, something's missing here. Something's wrong. That started my search. That's what led me to finding Jesus. And probably my greatest delight in finding Jesus was to realize that life on earth was only a momentary thing that we passed through. And then after that was an eternity forever to be enjoyed with Jesus in heaven. Suddenly it all made sense that death is actually not the end. It is the beginning. So for Christians and those in the kingdom of God, death is totally different, totally different. Death is a glorious gateway into the beginning of a whole new wonderful life that is beyond Comparison beyond description. As citizens of the heaven, kingdom of heaven, we do not need to live in fear of death. In fact, if we have a real understanding of it, many will look forward to it. Have you ever seen martyrs at the stake singing away, being killed? As that what they were singing songs of victory and joy. Why was that? Because they know they knew they were escaping life on earth and they were going straight into heaven and they were celebrating. They were, they were rejoicing. They weren't, uh, when you have a real revelation of this, friends, it's not something that to be feared, but something actually to be looked forward to. But for those in the world, it's all downhill and bad news because old man wrinkle, 
It's going to get everybody. They're going to die. But for citizens of the kingdom of God, our outer man may fade, but the inner man gets stronger and stronger and stronger. Your spirit develops more and more. And eventually you go to heaven to be with the Lord forever. Moody called, uh, no, sorry, let's go to 1 Corinthians 15, 40, 54 to 55. Death has been swallowed up in victory. Where, O oh, death, is your victory? Where, O oh, death, is your sting? The world says life is swallowed up, swallowed up in death. That's what the world says. But what the Bible says or what Christianity says is that death is swallowed up in life. Life's not swallowed up in death. Death is swallowed up in life because you start to live when you get to the other side. This side is hard work. The other side is Fantastic. Something to really look forward to. Moody, Moody called to, was called to preach a sermon at a funeral. So he searched all the four Gospels. He wanted to find one of Jesus' sermons uh, for, for a funeral, but he couldn't find any because Jesus broke up every funeral he ever attended. Death could not exist where Jesus was. The third area is health, not sickness. Sicknesses are consuming the world today with great fear. But God has a different message for those in his kingdom. Here's the message. I think it's 1 Peter 2.24, by whose stripes you were healed. Matthew 8.17, he himself took our infirmities, bore our sicknesses. Psalm 103, verse 2 to 3, bless the Lord, O my soul, forget not all his benefits, who forgives all your iniquities, who heals all your diseases. Think about this. For those in the kingdom of darkness, once they get sick, their only hope is the medical profession. If the medical profession can't help them, they're done. As Christians, it's completely different. Because we have a great hope and great promises from God. There is the power of God to heal. Imagine being in the kingdom of darkness where there was no hope of healing beyond the medical profession. Profession. I think that would be a very sad way to live. So we heard a couple of testimonies already about that migraine that was healed recently, and someone with a back, a seriously uh, serious condition, was also healed by God. Uh, a life group member uh, developed a large kidney stone recently that caused them a great deal of pain. The group prayed uh, for the healing in their meeting. They went back. They had an X-ray done, and the kidney stone had completely disappeared and the doctor said this never happens our God is an awesome God he's a God of healing he can heal don't ever give up on believing God for healing Tim Hall we heard a while ago lady came up she had her blood pressure was 170 plus since prayer it dropped down to 129 by his stripes you were healed. Another lady in the Tim Hall meeting, she came to the meeting, got saved, then went up for prayer. She had a severe pain, had not been able to wear boots for 18 months. And after prayer, she was able to wear her boots without pain in Jesus' name. Then our youth were in the 24-7 prayer room. There was a girl, had an injury a few years ago, no cartilage in her left kneecap. 
A lot of pain, couldn't kneel. They prayed for her for 10 minutes, some improvement, but it wasn't done. These youth are very persistent. They don't give up easy. Prayed another 10 minutes, a bit more improvement, but not complete. They prayed another five minutes. So that's 25 minutes already, folks. These young people are praying. Still getting better, but still some pain. So then they must have been listening to some of my sermons. They found some scriptures on healing. They began to declare God's word over this knee cartilage. They began to use, they said in the Testament, the sword of the Spirit. And after a little bit further time, she was completely healed and the pain was gone in Jesus' name. Can I say, there are some tremendous things happening in our youth at the moment. You know, some of them getting that real touch of God. They're seeing healings take place. If you've got young people, getting them along to MP, send them along, drive them, get them there if you have to, because it'll be well worth your time getting them there. They will be blessed. You know, they'll keep them on the straight and narrow. They'll continue to walk with God. They won't be wandering off in other directions. How much better to be at MP on a Wednesday night, you know, with other Christians and a good influence and worshiping God than running out somewhere else, who knows where, doing whatever. Can I encourage you, if you've got young kids, 13 plus, get them along to our MP youth. And hey, Kaitai, we trust you'll have some youth ministry happening up there very, very soon. We're going to attempt to do that anyway, best we can. Being citizens of the kingdom of God changes everything. Is anyone getting this message? How many of you are glad you're in the kingdom of God? Everything changes. Everything is different. It's light and darkness. It's black and white. It's heaven and hell. It's God or the devil. It's completely changed and transformed. Everything, we have been transferred from the kingdom of darkness to the kingdom of light and the Son of God. Our thinking needs to line up with what the Bible says about the people of God and His great love and care for them. Let faith rise in our hearts. God makes a difference. We said it so clearly, I will make a difference between the people of Egypt and the people of Israel, people of the world and the people of God. We can enjoy peace, not fear. We can live in freedom of the fear of death, knowing there's a wonderful eternity waiting for us. We can claim by His stripes We are healed. We can believe for healing. Which simply means this. If someone gets sick in your home, your first port of call is you pray for them. If that doesn't work, you get others to pray with you. If that doesn't work, get a prayer request into the church. If that doesn't work, get more people to pray with you. If that doesn't work, go to a small group and get some prayer. If none of that works, ring the doctor. (laughs) Think like you're in the kingdom of God. Isn't that right? Don't think the other way. Because the more you think you're in the kingdom of God, the more it's going to work for you. The more you'll have that faith to believe some of the things that we've talked about today. As the musicians would come, we have been delivered from the power of Satan to God. That's the greatest game breaker of all. It's time to live and think as a child of the kingdom of God. You are the apple of his eye. It doesn't get any better than that. Amen. And God bless you in Kaitaia. Thanks for joining us today.
I think the only song we can sing really today is How Great Is Our God.